As you walk through the valley of the shadow of hell, you will see through the fog a bend in reality, a veil that is beyond your own comprehension. It's the other side, beyond the void. That's right, it's episode 302, and Voidtober lives. That's right, we are continuing Voidtober with lots of goodies. We have already kicked it off and done a lot of fun things. We've been playing Dead Space on our Twitch live stream, which a lot of people have been joining for that. Thank you for that. It's a lot of fun. We also have kicked it off with like several YouTube videos already, including the new Hellraiser, a new found footage comedy that we watched, and a, view, a video haul of some of the stuff that some of you wonderful motherfuckers like Ryan and Plimke gave me. So, uh, yeah, you guys are the shit. <laughs> but yeah, so um, happy Voidtober to you, Christina. Happy Voidtober. And happy Voidtober to you guys as well. So Voidtober lives means that we're watching two completely disparate movies. Okay. We're watching Nightmare City from 1980, which this is a interesting movie about not zombies. <laughs> and Christina. Oh, Evil Dead from 2013. That's right. We're going to be doing the new remake with the unrated version. We watched both technically because there was a few things. I already know what the differences are, so don't worry. Oh, okay. Of course you do. <laughs> yeah. Well, I had to look it up a little bit because I was like, oh, yeah. Okay. But yeah, so we're going to kick it off this week with those two movies. We're going to do spoiler free, obviously, first, like we always do. And then we'll have our spoiler discussion with trivia in the notes down below. You can follow. And if you don't want to hear the spoiler section, you don't have to. But we like to pick big movies for the Voidtober celebration and Halloween and stuff because it's just fun to watch some good old fashioned fun fucking movies. Right. And, um,. I don't want to get into too much, but Evil Dead has grown on me, the remake, a little bit over the years. Right. So I wasn't like the biggest fan when it first came out. So. Well, because you hang on to that nostalgia. No, of, I wasn't. I, I'm very open too. to new stuff. Oh, well, I know you are more than most people. But. I'm, I'm very open to new stuff, more than I think a lot of people are these days. <laughs> Speaking of which, Hellraiser, which has defined uh, everybody's existence on horror, it's like, I've seen some people who absolutely hate it. I loved it. <laughs> it was okay. And then some people are, you know, they're in the middle yeah, of it's normal. Okay. But but I think it's more, I've been seeing a lot of like opinions that I, one of my buddies, oh man, if you're listening, bud, sorry, man. I won't say who you are just so that people <laughs> won't destroy your life. 
Um, but he said that it was as good as Revelations. And I was like so disheartened to see that. It made me want to not do reviews anymore. <laughs> I crushed your soul. <laughs> it really did. I was like, because I get so excited for these movies, you know. And it's not that anybody's not allowed to have their opinion. Of course they're allowed. I just don't like wrong opinions like that one. <laughs> <laughs> was he over the age of 35? I, yeah, I don't think it has. Don't do that. Don't start breaking people down like that. Josh from Bloody Good Film Podcast actually gave it like a, a, a better score than that. I won't say what it is because that's his shit. Um, I'll let him tell you what uh, he thinks of it. But we had some back and forth and <laughs> I think he's fair about movies. So right. I don't have well, any issue with what he has to say. Even if even if you don't like the movie, I really don't have that much of an issue. But when people get really personal with it, like it's it weirds me out. And I get a little like, uh, like, OK, here's an example. One that we can talk about without like ruining anybody else's scores um, is the interview with the vampire a TV show that's Oh, which come out. we haven't watched We yet. haven't even watched it yet, but I've seen like a lot of back and forth between people. Right. And one of the things that I saw somebody say, and this is where I mean that you're overstepping your boundaries a little bit when it comes to reviewing, in my opinion, mm-hmm. is they said that, oh, Anne Rice is rolling over in her grave over this TV show. Uh, and wasn't I'm like, she like a part of creating it? Yeah, she very she much was. Yeah. And her son was very adamant about yeah. following in her footsteps, as we already know. No, we watched Interview with the Vampire right. and I told you guys just how fucking particular she was that she walked off the set on Tom Cruise because of his role and then later came back and, and apologized and apologized years like like I don't know how many years later yeah. but that's where I was like okay that draws a line right there right like it's not that's not even an opinion that's just shoving someone else's opinion in their mouth right like and and they're dead <laughs> Right. You know what I mean? Like, Anne Rice isn't here to defend herself. Right. So don't say that she's she rolling over it, her grave. she made it clear before she died. She because did. Because she was involved in it, so But whatever. a lot of people really are just very, it's, it's, it's hard to break away from canon for some people. Me, I'm like, hey, if it's new and it's going to be a reboot, like they've been saying for Hellraiser, I'm like, anything goes. Let's go. Let's see what happens. Yeah, we you got to keep the stories alive because if you don't, like, then they're not going to ascend generations. Well, I mean, I think. Do you know there's? I think that the sequels that we got before this new reboot have done more damage to the franchise oh. than this new movie by far. Yeah, but if they just quit and and knocked it all off whatsoever, then they, you know, then we wouldn't see the good ones. We wouldn't see the the artists who are trying to add to the story. Mm. You know. Right. Whereas it's just a cash grab. Is it a cash grab or is it actually people who want to see it succeed and do well? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. You know, I, I everything. There's so many opinions online anymore. You know, it's like being a a reviewer, which I take very seriously. You know, like I don't make these choices lightly. Like, right. Like I really sit and think on exactly how I feel. And one of my buddies who hit me up just happened out of the wild blue. He was on the on the podcast too, Nick East, who gave me the Zombie Three poster, and we did the Piranha and Piranha Two movies. Remember. Oh, that was a while ago. That yeah, was a few years ago. He was on for that. If you guys have listened to that episode, really cool guy. We've he's hung out over here many times since then. We've watched. I think I showed him the sadness uh, on 4K, oh, yeah. and they came over. It was like him and Justin, and we had a really good time. But yeah, he wrote me, and he was like, you know, I think one of the things I like about you as a as a reviewer, and this made me feel good because I was not feeling so good today. <laughs> uh, he was like. 
you tend to watch movies with a hundred percent. Like you are not judging. You will not judge a film a hundred percent. Um, into it's more like, Hey, I'm all about your movie until you prove me wrong about it. And then it starts chipping away at the score. Whereas he said some other people, not anybody in particular, by the way, the opposite where they're like, you need to prove your movie to me. Right. And I think that's pretty apropos because I'm not, I don't really think of myself as like, oh, I'm this special reviewer. I just want to enjoy shit. Right. I want to enjoy shit until it's not enjoyable. <laughs> and it's getting there. God damn it. No, I'm just kidding. I'm fucking around. <laughs> Anyway, that's my little rant, or our little rant, I guess, about Hellraiser. What did you think about oh. it? You didn't tell anybody. Well, yeah. They've seen my review on YouTube, but what did you think about well, it? Well, like I said when we reviewed the last two in the last podcast, I'm not big on Hellraiser. Right. But actually, this one kind of explained it better, I think, to me, like in terms of, you know, the game. I, I, I want to call it a game because it's the puzzle and like the different levels, like every time you you turn the thing, I think that made more sense than you just coming coming in on some body like coming out of the ground and you don't know fucking why, you know? Right. And the the cenobites, the cenobites, the cenobites, the cenobites. You say sin. But I it's know. I can't help it. Whatever. Dyslexia. Um. There's more of them in this. I like that. Uh, it was a little long. You see, you like the cenobites <sighs> of it. You don't like the like in the original. Two, hold on. Let me just finish one second. You like the the Cenobites a little bit more than you do the like in the first movie where they like get into Julia and uh, Frank a lot. Yeah. You didn't like that. No, I didn't like that. So see, and and I think that's one, what the difference is for these movies. And this story I didn't like. I didn't like her being a, an addict. Okay. I, thought, I really wish they would have. I Careful what you say. I, don't I know. Want, I, I know. Okay. I'm not. I am. Um, I kind of told you when we were watching the beginning of it, I kind of wish they would have made her a fentanyl addict to where she was. Um, she couldn't feel any pain. Right. And okay. kind of went with that. But it was a little stereotypical. Yeah, it was. It was very. I called I called out like some of the stuff at the end in the beginning. And it was long. Like it didn't need to be that long. They could have cut some shit out. It would have been fine. Yeah. I think everybody thinks that it was a little longer than it needed. to be. Yeah. But yeah, it was OK. You know, whatever. Would you good. give an above average score or like? Yeah, I'd watch it again. Maybe. Really? <laughs> it was long. <laughs> well, compared to the first two films, what did you At think score wise? Same. Really? So about an eight? Yeah, eight. Seven, eight. Okay. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah. It's definitely not as good as the originals, but close to and acceptable enough to watch. With. Yeah, it's acceptable to watch. It's it's this generation's Hellraiser. Okay. That makes sense. Okay. Just, just trying to be clear. That's all. Yeah, no, it makes sense. Okay. Yeah, that's all. Well, you heard it from her. If you haven't heard mine, you can go listen to it on YouTube. Yep. All the views help me pay for bills, like electricity. Yes, please. <laughs> Water. And all you got to do is watch it. So, <laughs> but we got some other movies that are going to cause some controversy. I guarantee you there's going to be a lot of people split over Halloween ends. Come on. Oh, that's another one. It's like, who and cares? I really, I, I'm, I'm not excited. Like, I wasn't excited for Hellraiser until I saw the trailer. Right. And I wasn't, and and we watched the movies too because I kind of hadn't seen them in a while, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but then how like Halloween? I'm not a big fan of the new franchise. Like I'm right. not like the first film. I think I gave it a six point five mm-hmm. because the it it, it borrowed better. too much from one, two, and the entire franchise, which really upset me because I was like, okay, so you're just gonna cut in here and cut out all the other movies. 
and then you're going to borrow some of the kills from it? Like, that seems a little distasteful, doesn't I it? I think in time, it, it's probably going to grow on you. The first the first of the trilogy of the... Halloween, yeah. The new sequel? Yeah. I don't know. I think I just, grow on you. I think I've just always just... I love Laurie Strode. I You have to have respect for uh, the character and the actress, you know, obviously, because she's just a fucking scream queen but in the same regard it's like you know she's kind of old dude like and people were like Which is really why they needed a- to do this that's right. why they need- and they did good with everything going on when the sequel halloween kills which i liked more because it was more of its own thing than the original and i think i gave that like an eight or an 8.5 which i'm sure is probably high for a lot of people but whatever i just enjoyed it i wasn't expecting much and i'm not a huge fan of halloween same thing with hellraiser mm-hmm. um the sequel, she was in bed a lot. And I'm like, yeah, she's an old lady. <laughs> she's not a fucking, she's not Ash Williams. You know what I mean? No matter how many guns you put in her hand, how much training she's had, she's still an old woman fighting an, indestruct- an, an Which makes indestructible it awesome. evil force. Yeah, and look at her. She's doing it. So I'm just saying, like, I'm wondering what this new one's going to be, and I, I guarantee you that's going to be the next divisive movie. Did you you know uh, the the guy who dresses up as Michael Myers and the wife goes around yelling, yelling at him, what are you doing? You can't do that here. You know him? Wait, no. <laughs> yeah, he's on all this social medias. Cause they, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They, okay. they, have him, um, they have him promoting the movie. And he's carrying, he's, you know, dressed up, carrying around a sign, a missing sign, because he's missing his sister, and has a picture of Jamie Lee Curtis, and he's walking around, promoting the movie, and the wife's, like, filming him, like, what are you doing? You can't be here like this. This isn't funny. What if Jamie Lee Curtis sees you? Well, is it, are they making fun of him because she's not technically his sister in the new franchise? Yeah, I think so. Okay, because I haven't watched any of his stuff. Yeah. But yeah, like it's really funny. It's like now it's like a vendetta thing between the two of them. Like, you know, it's like it's like Jason versus Freddy or something like that. It's like, no, it's just an old woman versus Freddy. Versus, you know what I mean? It's just weird. I don't think so. I think okay. it's weird. But, you know, hey, it, it is a movie. It's fictional. I mean, I can go for the ride. I'm not- an old woman can defeat. It has nothing to do with her being her sex. I'm just saying she's just older. (laughs) I can't even fucking do the shit that she's doing in that Well, I mean, you haven't been training. She's been training her whole life for this. (laughs) With what? Kalanapins? Like, I don't know, because she's going crazy. You know what I mean? (laughs) Is it Kalanapins that make you chill out because you have anxiety? Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Oh, I'm so confused. (laughs) That's her training, yeah. All right, never mind. I guess nobody gets it. I don't get it. All right. Well, if one of you laugh, please let me know in the comment section down below. Anyway, I think it might be that time. What time is it? Horror shots! All right, guys. So we're doing something a little different. Uh, This uh, Halloween, this sort of... uh, Void Tober drink. We decided to do Nightmare City as our drink of choice for the horror shot, so to speak. And uh, we decided to go for something a little different in this movie. Now, for those of you who have seen Nightmare City, and it is pretty old, it's not a it's not a surprise or anything in the movie or anything like that. It's just a fact of the movie. This movie has been miscategorized as a zombie film for many, 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 many years. In fact, a lot of people were saying for the longest time that it was a the first fast-moving, weapon-wielding zombie movie. But I think... They're confused. They're confused. I mean, 
there also is the uh what was it the morgue the, the let the sleeping corpses die lie or whatever the manchester morgue one that we just watched where they had that farm equipment that goes makes people come back to life oh and they're kind of like they have weapons and they can like try to open doors and shit like that yeah but in this movie in order to kill him you have to shoot him in the head right but the we're getting way off base here. My point is, oh. they were fast-moving zombies, and it wasn't really the first one anyway. Oh. See what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And they were holding tools and guns and, like, doing all kinds of stuff in here. Technically, what they are is radioactive, like, mutant people. That's mm-hmm. it. And so they have okay. to, in order to survive, they have to do what vampires do and suck the blood of their kills. Right. Like and, a vampire. Like a vampire, yeah. Like, well, they kill them usually first, and then... Yeah, and suck their blood. So we're just drinking like you know clean blood here for the uh, radioactive, where I call them radioheads, because they're radioactive people, and I I couldn't think of a clever thing to come up with. (laughs) So we're calling this one. It's an oh delicious. Okay. Blood serum. Oh delicious. (laughs) An oh delicious. Okay. Oh delicious. So what is in an oh delicious, Christina? What did you make? Well, it's pretty much a bloody mary. It is a bloody mary. (laughs) With Worcestershire sauce. Yeah, with a few dashes of Worcestershire sauce. And, you know, I put in, we had some olives. For it's good. My martinis. Yeah, I know. It's really good. I'm a little strong on this one. Woo. Boy, you. Uh, no, I did it. A little heavy handed there, aren't you? No, not at all. Not at all. So we're drinking some fucking Bloody Marys, which are really great. I some, love every Mary. now and then, it's just nice to have a Bloody Mary. It I don't know what it spot. is. It hits the spot. We had, blood, we had really good Bloody Marys when I was in Chicago on the boat. On the city boat, it was good. I love drinking Bloody Marys in Vegas mm-hmm. in the mornings mm-hmm. when you do the slots and shit like that. Sorry, guys, I'm eating, but their their olives are good. But yeah, I always do the Bloody Marys. I'll get up in the morning, do slots for a couple hours, and then have them just bring endless fucking <laughs> Bloody Marys over, especially when you have a hangover. Holy shit, does that fucking like cure it right away? Obviously, because you're doing hair of the dog, but... Yeah, so if you would like to learn how to make a Bloody Mary called an Oh Delicious, based on the um, O negative, O positive, (laughs) O Delicious, you get it? Okay, that's how clever I am. Um, I had a hard time with that one, so fuck you guys. (laughs) Anyway, um, but yeah, if you would like to try an Oh Delicious, all you have to do is go to longlivedavoid.com and check out our hashtag horror shot section now. That's it for horror shots. All right, guys, so now we're going to go ahead and jump into our flesh and potatoes of Nightmare City and Evil Dead from 2013. <laughs> I don't, I'm not on auto 2Ds, huh? <laughs> I guess not. <laughs> I know, I was, gonna, I was waiting for the echo. And we're going to go ahead and do that right now. All right, guys, so I kicked it off with Nightmare City, which came out in 1980. Nightmare City is an Italian horror film that is about an airplane of exposed to radiation lands and blood drinking zombies, they say, which we already covered that. They are not zombies, but they emerged armed with knives, guns, and teeth. 
and they go on a rampage of slicing, dicing, and biting their way across the Italian countryside in a radioactive vampire-like style. Radioactive. Radio- I know, that's what I was thinking the whole time, dude. Oh, systems, fuck. <laughs> um, now, this movie has had a couple of different names, of course. The tagline is, the nightmare becomes reality. This is also known as Invasion of the Atomic Zombies in Canada, Incubo Sulla Citara Contaminada, and City of the Walking Dead, which is what the United States version was. This is a movie that was directed by Umberto Lenzi, of course. One of the Italian greats who has done the the cheesy movie known as Ghost House, which is one of his big ones. Oh. Which is famously riffed on by Riff Tracks. Mm-hmm. You also have, he went all the way back to the, like, you know, late 50s, mid 50s. So he's been doing stuff for a long time. He did stuff like, you know, Zorro style fucking uh, knockoff Italian films. And he also did Paranoia, which was... um. I think what they called it out here or orgasmo or something. I think it was, that's what it was. Orgasmo in, in, in Italy originally. Oh. This, that's from 1969. Oh, I was thinking of the, you know, seven. Orgasmo. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I know seven bloodstained orchids. He also did eaten alive cannibal ferox bridge to hell nightmare beach and many more. Um, Umberto Lenzi has since passed away at the age of 86 on uh, October 19th of 2017. Rest in peace, drink. Okay. 86, <laughs> that's a long time. Yeah. Um. Half Halfway there. Some of the writers that were on this is Antonio Cesar Corti, who had worked on um, Murder Syndrome, Three Supermen in Santo Domingo, and he was also a writer that was going to be on the reboot of the Nightmare City that uh, Tom Savini was going to direct. Also have Luis Maria Delgato, who also worked on movies like Diferente, Historios del Otro Lado, uh, El Crack Dos, El Crack, part, so the first one, <laughs> and more. And we also have Piero Regnoli, who had worked on many films all the way back to the 60s and 70s a lot, like Caribbean Hawk, Overrun, Objective Murder, The Defeat of the Barbarians, and and a few more. This is, of course, a, it was an Italian, Spanish, Mexican production. So they were using people from all over the place including some of the cast, which has Hugo Stiglitz, who plays the reporter in this movie named Dean Miller. He actually is a big-time Mexican lead actor in in Mexico. And Hugo Stiglitz has been in a, a few, uh, quite a few movies, like 271, and he's even directed his own. But he even did some Italian productions, some... Tarantino had him in one of his films, actually. He had him in the uh, Inglorious Bastards movie because he was such a fan of Nightmare City that he wanted to have Hugo Stiglitz in it. But yeah, man, this guy's a huge actor. He's been in a ton of stuff like Counterforce, Mente Asesina, Massacre in El Rio Tula, Cemetery of Terror is a big one. As you guys know, the director he was like the doctor in that movie if you guys recall by ruben galindo jr who also did uh another 
like movie that came out on Vinegar Syndrome around the same time that we covered. Treasure of the Amazon, Under the Volcano, Goma 2, Blackjack, Cyclone, and, and many, many more. There's a lot. He even did the Bermuda Triangle, which I think was a U.S. production. We also have actress Laura Trotter, who plays Dr. Anna Miller. I think that's a significant other. Uh, she was in a lot of Mexican uh, films. She was also kind of a, you know, erotic film actress as well. She did a lot of names, a lot of movies that I'm not very familiar with, obviously. But she did do about 32 different roles. She was in the movie Eyeball from 1975. I Am Afraid, The Night Before Christmas, The Last House on the Beach, which is kind of like a ripoff of Last House on the Left. <laughs> nice. <laughs> And, and quite a few more. We also have Maria Rosario Amigio, Amagio, who plays Sheila in the movie. I think she was the sculptress. Do you remember her? Yeah. Yeah, she was like the, the uh, wife of one of the captains or something like that in the movie. Right. She actually did a, a little bit more than a lot of these people. She actually did about 46 different roles. She was in The Tough Ones, The Adventures of Hercules, which is an Italian uh, production as well. Oh. It was a dark and stormy night, intolerance, and more. One more. We have Francisco Rabal, who plays Major Warren Holmes, her husband, who's in the film. He is in uh, quite a few different movies. He's been in quite a few uh, different productions from all over the world. He even directed a few fucking movies himself. He was in Scapegoat, The Witching Hour, Treasure of the Four Crowns, Reborn, speed driver and many more but yeah that's pretty much it i could go down the list of them in there but a lot, a lot of these are, there is a lot that were uh you know a mix of like either italian or mexican um and there's just quite a few in there like one of the guys that gets shot in the head of a zombie uh the uh not yeah the zombie that gets shot in the head in the beginning of um the movie zombie is in this movie. Oh, he's got, he's wrapped in like a blanket. Like, you know, mm -hmm. it's just, it's just a bunch of different people. There is a Mel Ferrer in this movie who plays general, the general of the military. Who's always telling everybody, Hey, we don't need to tell anybody that anything bad's happening. Let's just keep it hush hush right now throughout the entire movie until the whole city's on fire. <laughs> oh. <laughs> This is one towards the end of his career. He actually did other movies like Eaten Alive with uh, Umberto Lenzi, The Great Alligator, The Visitor, Cock Crows at 11, Return of Captain Nemo, Black Beauty, Logan's Run. He was on the TV series. He even did like Wonder Woman episodes. Like he was like a big uh, star, you know, back in the day. You might recognize him, but. Oh. Other than that, this uh, movie, of course, I don't, couldn't get a budget on it or anything like that. Christina, what did you think about this film? Meh. Is this your first time? Or? Yes, this is, of course, this is my first time. I've never even heard of this movie before. Okay, okay. Of course, it's you who would have to make me watch yeah, this. I wanted to squeeze in an Italian, uh, you know, Something sort of unknown in for the holidays. You know, But it was a really hard watch for me. I'm not going to lie. Okay. It felt like it took fucking forever to get to the point in the beginning. Okay. Um. It was boring to me. It kind of dragged. Um, the radioactive infections looked like <laughs> they burnt the fr front of their face off, but not their eyeballs. Okay. <laughs> okay. I thought that was funny. Um, they seem to squeeze in a bunch of side stories in this, which kind of 
made it not make sense, and I and I kept getting a little confused with the, some of the characters looked the same. Okay. So I thought somebody's wife was somebody else's wife, and it wasn't their wife at all because it was a completely different person. The ending was kind of cool. I there liked, was a couple of scenes you liked, though, right? There was like, yeah, at least not, one. not too many. I had I kind of had to dig. I had to go through my notes and dig those. Um, it did remind me. I I kept thinking of the sadness watching this because you know that crazy, wasn't yeah. zombies but it they were infected and it was really like oh God, that movie's gross but see i liked what the sadness did because there wasn't any real real character development because there didn't need to be that you know they just got right to it you know you know and just started offing people because that's what happens with this well shit. some people would argue that that's a bad thing because you know you're not giving a shit about the characters for them to die. Right, which, I don't know, I think that's fine because... It, it depends on the movie. They kept shifting... The sadness doesn't need shifting it. To, didn't need it. Yeah, it didn't need it because it was just supposed to... It's more about the crazy know? people's performances. Yeah, it was, it was the crazy people, which I don't know, maybe that... I just kept thinking of that. I think I wanted it to be that, but... Mm. Yeah, meh, meh, I, I'm okay. I'm okay not watching this again. Four out of ten. Okay. I mean, this is a little bit more of a um, deeper cut for people, I think. Um, it is a movie that is like when you've been kind of going down that rabbit hole of like Italian films that you bump into occasionally, you know, when people get that, that hunger for something like a Fulci film or something like that. And they're like, what other Italian great movies are there, you know, like that I can watch? It's like this one. And then there's Hell of the Living Dead, which is also radioactive um, zombies or whatever. Were their faces burn off too? Um, no, but they did have some discoloration, I think. But just it, these ones are very unique. <laughs> yeah, and it's a very early on. Uh, you know, nineteen eighty. You know, the zombie craze really didn't start happening until about nineteen seventy nine. Um, when Fulci did his zombie movie. You know what I mean? Oh. And it was kind of like a continuation off of you know Dawn of the Dead. Yeah, which was in 78. It was like technically the sequel to the, you know, mm -hmm. to the whole zombie because they called it Zombie 2 out there. Right. Because Dawn of the Dead was called Zombie out there. Right. So, but yeah, I, I don't think it's as good as movies like that, but there is still something kind of unique and interesting about this one because Umberto Lenzi wanted to make a film that was not a movie that was about zombies, even though the production team wanted a very classical version of that. He wanted to make a movie about radioactive sickness. And if you, I'll get into the story later, but there was an accident that happened in Italy that he kind of mirrored it after. And he was trying to be ingenious and do something fresh and new back then. You know, because it was blowing up everywhere and everybody wanted to do a fucking zombie film. Mm -hmm. And he wanted to think outside the box, which is sometimes what you got to do. You know, it isn't like uh, the crazies or anything like that. Mm -hmm. It's OK. Right. It's uh, got some pretty interesting uh, effects in it that they use for the facial makeup. Like they look like hairy like scabs <laughs> it's really weird uh some of the people just have discoloration like pimples and shit all over their face yeah and then like just, just like go and attack people but i kind of like that it's just like they don't say anything they just hammer tools weapons guns they can i think some of them can drive and fly and like they go crazy and they start killing everybody there is a lot of action this is a very big movie in fact it's such a big 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 movie that it was insane that he got this made mm -hmm. you know um i'll get into some of the the information but yeah basically you're looking at ridiculous looking people dressed up in ridiculous makeup who look like scabby 
fucking hairy, uh, hairy faced like like really shitty werewolf masks mm-hmm. almost <laughs> where their eyes and lips pop out, but nothing else, you know? Right. And, and it's really, really di- ridiculous. And a lot of the people respond in very ridiculous ways, but it's kind of interesting because they're all crazy. They're going they're The radioactive sickness is like getting into their brains and they become uber powerful and they can't die. So it's kind of like a zombie thing and kind of unique in that way. But it's just done in such a sloppy, schlocky sort of way Mm -hmm. that it's not for everybody. But every time I watch it, just a little bit more, I get into this movie. Just a little bit more each time. I just don't understand how how you don't get bored. Because, I don't know, because there's the music score in this fucking movie. It's weird. By Cipriani, who's like an underknown gem of of a music writer. He actually did some of the music in this, and it's actually, it's like very Dawn of the Dead-esque sort of it's style. It's kind of upbeat. Yeah. It's, it's... Here we're going, we're going to but they got like people. The, they got the whole Dawn of the Dead style fucking drums and like the music from that era to go along with it because that was a very popular you know, thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think uh, Fulci was the only one that kind of mixed that up a little bit and did something a little bit different and was a little bit more with the progressive and like straight nosed horror. Right. Um, but yeah, it's uh, I don't know. It's yeah, there is a lot of stuff going on in the film. The more you pay attention to it, the more they clearly label these things as not zombies, by the way. And it's just the performances aren't that strong. They're just kind of happening on the screen. Kind of like a visual stereo instructions for most people, I would assume. Mm -hmm. Like if you were to read stereo instructions, it's not exactly the most interesting read that you'll have. Right. That's what kind of this movie is for some people. And I totally get it. But there are a few moments in the film that I really do enjoy and I do like. And it kind of has the spirit of Dawn of the Dead in a very cheap, cheap, cheap fashion. Mm -hmm. But I think it's more of an interesting movie to me because like what they accomplished on such a budget, like they didn't really have a lot of money to do this. And they had two different production teams working on it. And they worked in Spain, Italy and Mexico to make all of this happen. And it's like, you know, this is a pretty big movie for something that is looks so terrible. You know, like you if you were to try to remake this movie now, it would probably cost you a lot more now than it did back then. Well, yeah, because they have scenes at airports. They have scenes at like hospitals. They have like people running in open fields, like in cities and Mm -hmm. everything. It's pretty wild, man. Like, everybody's getting attacked. There is a lot of action in this movie. It's so overwhelming that it kind of desensitizes you to the whole fucking thing. Mm-hmm. And it's happening so frequently that it's almost like there's not really a story. The story you get in this movie is just the military constantly going back and forth about what they should do about it, which is almost kind of like King Kong, if or not King Kong, Godzilla. Oh, do you know what I mean? Where like everybody just wants to see the mayhem Mm -hmm. and they keep cutting back to this, like the military and what they're doing and everything like that. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. To kind of develop the characters and stuff like that. The characters you really don't care for too much. Hugo Stiglitz is probably the most outstanding person. Him and some of the military guys and like that sculptress lady who has like I like her scenes where she's like uh, by herself at the house by herself. There's a couple of tense moments there. There's another scene where one of the other uh, captains, like daughters, is like camping. 
and then oh. like something happens and I won't say what it is because we're spoiler free. <laughs> so you shouldn't either. <laughs> hey, someone's going to want to watch this and get bored on their own account. Okay. <laughs> but I kind of like it. I mean, it's still like a five out of 10 for me, like maybe 5.5. Oh, like, that's pretty low. It, yeah. But I mean, a lot of these, like this is a schlocky movie, you know, right. it's not exactly, you know, a great film, but I still like it for some reason. Mm-hmm. And Tarantino swears by it. He says it's one of his favorite films by Umberto Lenzi. He's seen a lot of his other films, though. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but he just liked this one because it was like one of the first to do the fast moving zombies or whatever, which is funny because if you actually pay attention to the movie again, you realize people just weren't listening. <laughs> <laughs> so even back then, they found it boring and weren't listening to the dialogue, I guess. Mm-hmm. So you're not alone, Christina. Okay, good. <laughs> But there is some gore in it. There is a lot of nudity and stuff in it. There's a lot of like obligatory naked women in it. Uh, if you're into that kind of thing, there is a lot of like, you know, just random killing in it. it they're, none of these killers say anything. So it's not like they're Freddy Krueger's running around. But it's just kind of interesting. Like they do some different things in this movie. And I think it's at least worth a watch if you are a fan of Italian sort of like zombies films, I guess. Okay. Just to get a different taste of what it is. You know, I pop it on once every couple of years or so. It's not so bad to me. It it, it it does, like I said, it did get better for me this time than last time. But I was in the kind of a mood for that. So Makes it's not going to, it's going to be very low on everybody else's score probably because of that. But, you know, deep, deep Italian cut stuff, you know, you might want to watch it. And I would love to see a remake of this. I really was hoping that that uh it's the sadness tom savini was gonna actually like redo it yeah but this is the one the first sadness so fuck them and the crazies was out there too so what's up the crazies was zombies well the crazies from was from like the 60s yeah it was a virus oh yeah that's right it's pretty much zombies. booyah and they also had that other one the it was a zombie virus what was the stalindol syndrome zombies. or the fucking i don't even remember no that's a the argento movie uh, I, I can't think of what it's called, but there was another one, another movie about a virus back then. There was another movie called Virus that was like mm-hmm. about a virus. We've been talking about those forever. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, I give it a five. You give it a four. So a 4.5 out of 10 seems pretty appropriate. I would say some people would call it a three or a four, but you know, I guess it's up to your personal taste. No, thank you. Do have some interesting trivia on this that I was uh, kind of mentioning. I mentioned a little bit of it anyway. Okay. We'll go over that. If you don't want anything spoiled, of course, you can you can literally rent this movie for a dollar on Google Play or a dollar on YouTube or two bucks. Uh, and, and these are all HD, by the way, for two bucks on uh, Apple TV. So if you want to check it out, you can even buy these movies for literally three dollars or four dollars each on all those platforms. Mm-hmm. It's cheaper on on Apple. So if you want to watch it or own it and just to have it and check it out for yourself, I mean, three bucks really isn't that bad. Right. You might as well just buy it at that point. But as we're finding out, digital isn't really yours to own. People are getting their movies yanked out of their fucking catalogs that they bought because it's never guaranteed. It's not an actual purchase. That's fine with it's me. It's a rental. Doesn't matter to us. <laughs> Anyway, there's a couple of versions out there on uh, Arrow put out a copy. And then there's uh, another one called uh, Raro Films that somebody that else put out. Yeah, that's the one oh. I have. Because um, I, I got this at a used. Oh, I think I got hand. it at second hand. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. But anyway, if you don't want anything spoiled, here is your warning. 
This is based on the Seveso disaster. That was a industrial accident that occurred around 1237 p.m. on July 10th, 1976 in a small chemical manufacturing plant about 20 kilometers, which is about 12 miles north of Milan in a Lombardy region of Italy. That's scary. It was a poisonous gas that was uh, chemicals called 2378-tetrachlorobenzo-chlorodibenzo-p-dioxin, which is probably also where the Return of the Living Dead got the name dioxin. Oh. Trioxin, dioxin. Yeah, Yeah, because they call it trioxin. Mm -hmm. This is called dioxin, but I don't know. I don't know chemicals and shit that well but maybe 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 it's just a type of like category that they put it in it it hit a bunch of residential populations which gave rise to a lot of scientific studies and industrial safety regulations to make you know it's safer for these chemicals to be handled and everything like that and this is considered at the time in 2010 to be uh the eighth ranked uh worst man-made environmental disaster in time magazine Wow. So crazy. Yeah, they thought I'm sure that's where he got the idea from because it was such a big deal in Italy. Mm-hmm. I'm sure like, you know, it's only six years before it. Or what was it? 76 so four years before, you know, maybe three years before. So it's pretty fresh. Mm-hmm. And I mean, to be honest, like he even said in an interview that, you know, it was more prevalent then this movie than than it is now. Right. You know, because they already dealt with it. Yeah. So be like if we were watching a, you know, COVID fucking, exactly. you know, documentary yeah. or something, you know, like a movie about it. It would mm-hmm. be more impactful. Right. Apparently, Hugo Stiglitz was the second choice uh, in the role, though. You if you talk to Umberto Lenzi, he seems like he wanted him from the get go, that he liked his acting more than Franco Nero, mm-hmm. who was very popular for doing a lot of films like Django and all the Django movies. He did The Visitor and. He was just a huge star, Iceman, bunch of stuff. Mm-hmm. He's in Django Unchained as like one of the guys at the bar as a throwback to the original Django. Uh-huh. So he was a big Italian star. But yeah, apparently they thought he was a little stiff. So they wanted Hugo Stiglitz. And because it was a Mexican-Italian production, production they were like, well, we'll give them their, their star. Right. You know, which is their main big star in Mexico, which they, you know, I'm sure it helped. Right. But also, Umberto Lenzo um, was talking about uh, some of his favorite movies that he's done. And he said he's not really like he's I know I could tell that he he didn't want like people to think that he's not into horror. But, you know, he's done a like wide swath of different genres, you know. And he said Spasmo or Orgasmo is like his favorite movie that he ever did. Uh-huh. His number one favorite movie of ever. Okay. Tom Zavini. Oh, whoops. Some of the scenes that you see in these movies, too, were shot in like 20 minutes. I believe it. Yeah. They didn't even have access into certain areas for very long. Like They did it guerrilla style? Yeah, dude. Like they, at the hospital, they had like a three-day shoot. There were like specific times during the day that they could do it. And at night for 20 minutes and they had three days to get it done and they were all over the place, you know, Mm -hmm. outside, inside, everywhere, which, you know, when you have hundreds of actors who need not only fake makeup put on them and stuff, Mm -hmm. you and you just anything could go wrong. 
Right. So it's kind of impressive that they got it done. Mm -hmm. And it looks as good as it does, even though it's not a great movie. That makes sense. You know, like like even at the scene at the airport where they come out of the plane, it's like the iconic thing where they open the door and then stab the fucking general. Yeah, the first time or the second time. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. Um, they did have uh, about, you know, four hours of time to do the makeup for 100 people each time they it's shot. Bad. Yeah, when they did those scenes. Um, there are some very complicated shots when you have that many sh- people, too. Mm-hmm. So they made it work. You know what I mean? I don't think you could get it done like that anymore. No, I don't think so. And get away There's with it. There's too many laws. Only the Italians could get away with that shit. You know what I mean? There's too many laws and liabilities and stuff now. Probably, yeah. He's uh, Speaking of which, you know the scene at the gas station where they blow up the car? Oh, yeah, yeah. Because they go in and there's nobody there at first, and all of a sudden you see all these. Right, like, they show up and they're at the yeah, car. You see the fucking Bigfoot mask looking people come up, and they're like, right. oh, oh, oh. <laughs> One's like sitting next to the car, or whatever. They said they used a hundred gallons of gas. Oh my! To blow up that car. To blow up that it car. It does take a lot. He said he was like, man. He was like, oh, you you do the. Uh, I'm just forget my accent, but he's like, oh, you do the. Uh, Today, they do the CGI and like the way he was talking, <laughs> uh-huh. he was like, they would use one can of gas and we used a hundred because that's how we had to do it back then. That's like the whole budget too. A hundred gallons of gas. Do you know how much that costs? It was probably like 25 cents a I gallon back exactly. then. <laughs> and they're in Italy. So it's probably like, who like knows? Like six bucks a gallon. Yeah. He called it the uh, petrol st- station. That's what <laughs> But yeah, it's a huge, dangerous explosion that I'm sure took fucking forever to put out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, Lindsay uh, also kind of regaled on, you know, him and his friendship with uh, Fulci and when they first met. Apparently, they met on a mu- musical that they both worked on their first time. He was, uh, Umberto Lindsay was a second unit director and, or an assistant director of some sort, probably for a second unit. <laughs> And uh, Lucio Fulci was a supervisor, like an assistant supervisor uh-huh. on the set. And he said, even then, back then, you could tell just how eccentric the man was because mm-hmm. he called him a little bit like caustic, which toxic a little bit. Oh, because, you know, he was just he said in the way in the way he said it is probably one of the best ways I've heard it said is that he was just so passionate that he was like a perfectionist and it drove him crazy if shit wasn't done the way that he Oh, I know somebody like that. Yeah. Do you? Who's that? Yeah, I do. <laughs> but he called him almost toxic. And, you know, I just, I thought that was nice because, you know, he, he also considered him a visionary. He's like, look, I started work before him, I think, even. Mm-hmm. He's like, I considered him a genius, mm-hmm. a visionary, and that he deserved more respect and fame than he actually got, especially in his last days. Oh. Because, you know, like he died kind of tragically on the floor. Oh. Like, remember he ate a chocolate bar and he like... I don't remember. He didn't have his medication that day and his his daughter went to the some date. Mm-hmm. And he came, she came back and he was... He was gone. Yeah, but I don't know. I thought it was interesting that they, mm-hmm. uh, that he regaled on that. So and there was a few other things that I didn't really find that interesting about this production. So I just kind of like picked and chose like what I thought was interesting for it. But do you have any specific scenes, two scenes that you think were the best in this movie? Well, right in the beginning, well, the they 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 came off the plane and they just started killing people. It wasn't that climactic or anything. But I did. I liked there was a scene where there were um, these ladies dancing 
And this is like the first time these guys pop up in like the oh, general the TV. Yeah, they were dancing up for the TV station, and then these things pop up to start killing them. And it was like the first time they were in like general population. Okay. And that's when like all the attacks started and stuff. Yeah. That was- see, that scene in particular reminds me of Dawn of the Dead. You know, because the yeah, girl, I can see that. you know what I mean? When yeah. she, she wakes up from the dream, she's tired, mm-hmm. and like everything's happened. And by the way, I think I'm going to watch Dawn of the Dead here mm-hmm. again on 4K because uh, I just love it. Mm-hmm. And it. It's so so Halloweeny to me. There was also this scene in this movie where they were <laughs> they're in a building and there's these people. See, this is one of the the oddball scenes where it's just like a side story. There's these people trapped in the elevator, so they have no idea what's going on. So they're yelling and they're hysterical and they're scared because you know the elevator has stopped. So they started like yelling for somebody to start like bringing it down manually. So one of the one I don't of know zombie guys, the radio heads. Yeah, the, that's what you're calling radioactive radio heads. heads. Uh, they start wheeling down the uh, the elevator manually and let them out, and then they just killed them all. It was that was funny. Yeah, that was it. That reminds me of another movie. You know, we've seen that kind of. Oh yeah. Like demons. It was in demons. Yeah. They use a very similar situation where remember there's like a girl and a guy that get caught in an elevator, huh? and the demons are like running havoc in the part two. I mm-hmm. think it was part two. Demons part two. Oh okay. Uh, there's been other movies with that, you know. Yeah, that thing in it, but it just fuck, man. Can you imagine this movie? Because it was just so Jesus Christ. Like, so those little scenes did help it, but it, I think what, what what is wrong with this movie is probably just the tension, the buildups to the tension were not thought out. No, like they, they were just kind of like an afterthought. I was just like, come on, let's just get it over with. Just kill him already. Some of my favorite up. scenes are the ones where they actually took their time and tried to do that, like the sculptress lady. Where she gets a call from her husband and he's like, honey, you need to lock all the doors and don't fucking come out. And she's like, what are you jealous? And he's like, I don't, you can think whatever the fuck you want. Just lock the fucking doors. He hits her through the phone. (laughs) He he breaks her ribs and throws her in the corner of the room and goes to work. All through the phone. Yeah. Yeah. Back when it was great. America. There was a scene like that where. Uh, somebody's wife was kind of going hysterical and then she, she he smacks her across the face. Oh, dude, that's and classic then they, And 80s. then they start to make out. I'm like, okay. Dude, that's in comedies. Like, you know that? Like, back in the 80s and stuff? Yeah, like 70s, I remember. Like, women were hysterical so they would just slap the shit yeah, out of them? Would just, they would just smack it out of them? I think like, they even did it in Dawn of the Dead, actually. Now oh, that I think they? of it, yeah. I don't like that trope. <laughs> no wonder we're so screwed well, no up shit. as a society. No shit. Ugh. Women shouldn't be so hysterical. I mean, like, calm the fuck down. Like, we're going to handle it. And men shouldn't speak. I'm just joking. (laughs) You guys are totally joking. (laughs) Uh, That was kind of funny, though, because he's like... It was funny. She just accepts it. Yeah. It's sad and funny. Yeah. Oh, there was another scene. We're getting towards the end. How many scenes are you going to... I want to say one. I haven't said one yet. Yeah, thanks. So... Like I said, there was the one with the sculptress where she's like on the telephone. You like totally cut me off, by the way. Like I didn't even get to finish what I was saying. Oh, you're right. I'm just sorry. Just barreling over well, me. I just won't talk. It's fine. No, but you know, women come first, I guess. That's right. Yeah. Equal rights. <laughs> anyway, uh, <laughs> uh, so like she goes and gets the call from her husband and she stays home and then she immediately gets the feeling like okay that is weird that he told me to do that so maybe i should lock the doors and like then she locks the doors and then you hear the lawnmower going outside and so then she runs outside like hey uh yard man you know maybe you should come in or something like that or 
I've got to lock the doors. And I'm like, what the fuck are you doing outside? And then you just he see just the said lawnmower. Not to leave the house. I he know. Said not to like, leave the house. obviously, this is why. Is this why women need to be hit? No, 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 no. It's because, I'm and this happens a couple of times in the movie. Now, first of all, let me let me just be spot on about this with you, okay? If we're looking at the pandemic just recently, and then we look at the, how people are oh, reacting, right. In this movie, right. This movie is actually legitimately Nailing how puck fucking people fucking did it you yeah. know what i mean yeah. they never believe anybody they don't right. do anything they go out anyway and get fucking killed right and it's like so exactly. you mean can you really make fun of this movie for that it's like pretty fucking spot on and right. maybe maybe this is what people did in the disaster and that's why they say that mm-hmm. you know but i mean there wasn't crazy people running around eating people's blood right and sucking on their necks right in fact, Umberto Lenzi was like saying that he thought that they were like vampires, but not really vampires, just vampires in the sense that they would drink their blood to stay uh, alive because mm. they would need to feed on blood to normalize the pressure inside of their radioactive bodies. Mm -hmm. And it would like kind of chill uh. them out a little bit. But uh, the same house, the situation there, she doesn't she go down in the basement like later on with a friend that comes over. She comes banging on the door. And yeah. she's like, Sheila, let Sheila, me let me in. And she's like, something's going on. And this is like, okay, so there's three times in the movie that the military are like telling everybody because like the reporter who's at the airport in the very beginning of the movie sees all these people pour out of a fucking military plane and start killing everybody with guns, knives, axes, everything they can grab onto. And they're just sitting there with their thumbs up their asses the entire time for like 10 minutes going, wow. What just do do? just videotaping. And I'm thinking to myself, one of them's just going to come out and fucking attack these motherfuckers. But then they just get the bright idea to leave after 90 percent of the people are fucking dead. Right. Which I thought was hilarious. And then he goes back to the fucking studio to fucking get on the news and tell everybody that there's like some bad shit happening and that they want to lock their doors and stuff like that. <laughs> But the military says, no, no, no. So you do what the military says. Mm -hmm. But yeah, the third time they say it, the whole fucking town is on fire. And everybody, they're like, well, maybe we should call a <laughs> martial law. Uh, <laughs> Which I thought was hilarious at this point in time. I'm like, you literally saved nobody's lives. Like nothing. Right, they didn't do anything. You just let everybody die. Mm -hmm. Because you wanted to try to cover it up. Like, it's just terrible. That's the government. Yeah, they nailed it, man. They nailed it. it was <laughs> what was the last one you were going to mention? Oh, okay. So, like, the end part? You want to talk about the end part? No, 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 because there's one I have about the daughter of the captain. Oh, okay. We'll talk about that one. You want me to mention yeah. it now? So, one of the other people that's, like, you know, doing the whole pandemic thing that they did is they don't believe that the father, because the father has a, a daughter who's, like, married or has a boyfriend or something and she's out at the pool swimming and he's like hey we're supposed to leave mary what the hell's going on and he's like she's like oh yeah but i wanted to take a swim and the military guy comes out he's like guys we gotta leave uh, we've just got a report and she's like what for and he's like i can't tell you at this moment but your father wants us to go and right she's now. like oh god i wonder what he wants you know like and then he's like, the and the boyfriends are like, maybe we should get away and, you know, skedaddle past this uh, fucking military idiot, you know? And then everybody gets killed as they're, like, trying to sneak away. So, like, that I thought was kind of cool. Like, mm -hmm. they're, like, kind of dying as they're, like, 
they don't realize that these like radioactive people are killing them. Right. And they think they're just sneaking past the guard mm-hmm. to get out of there, but he's actually dying. Later, they get to a like a field and they have their radio playing and they call martial law in the middle of it. And they're like, he's like, oh, I just heard it. And she's like, so? Ah. I'm like, what do you mean? So it's called martial law. You dumb bitch. Right. Let's just wait for our friends to get here. Yeah, That's what she said. Yeah. And then her friends show up and they're fucking radio head. They're they, fucking infected. And they kill him. Yeah. He like, I think one of them had like a knife and the other one had like a bat or yeah. something like that. And he kills Bash both of them. In. And I was just like, damn, <laughs> that was a good, it was quick, kind of a quick scene, but you know. Mm-hmm. What was the scene you were going to talk oh, about? Oh, and then there's the female doctor and her husband, right? right? So they're they're running through everything. The reporter. Yeah, and so they hear church bells. I'm going to tell you, uh, like, why he hit her, okay? So they go to this church, and the, then they go to the priest. And, of course, the priest is infected. And, you know, so they get away from well, that. Well, no, hold on. Let me explain that real quick. They go to the church. And she's oh, like, she's bell. like, legend has it that what if they're vampires and they can't enter a church? So, like, this is her last straw effort at thinking reality is not reality <laughs> because she can't accept the reality she's in pretty much. So she's just mm-hmm. accepting anything. And then she goes in and then here's the preachers upstairs and he's like reading a book. And when he turns, he's got that gorilla face makeup on <laughs> or werewolf makeup on a little on bit. On half of his face. Yeah. And then attacks him. And the, and the preacher's like attacking him with the heck, attacking Hugo with a fucking like candle and shit. And then he fucking kills him. Mm-hmm. And then they leave and then he and she's panicking. Then she freaks out and he slaps her. Yeah. He's like, calm yeah. down. It's obviously not vampires. So then they end up at like, <laughs> so then they end up at like the fairgrounds or a carnival or something. There's this big roller coaster, right? Right. So, nobody's there except everybody that's dead. Yeah. So they're running after them, trying to kill them. So they just, there's a helicopter, right? So they hear the helicopter, so they start running up. It's the daughter's husband, or yeah. the daughter's dad. Da- Dad's helicopter. Yeah, and he sees them. So he, they start running up the roller coaster to get to the helicopter. And shooting empty blank bullets into the chest of all of the right. <laughs> infected, because you yeah, never- Yeah, they got a gun. You so. never see a bullet fucking hit somebody in, this, in this section. Yeah. Other parts of the movie they do, but not this one. Right. I actually wouldn't mind this scene being remade because the, they grab onto the rope for the helicopter and they're hanging on for dear life. And, and It is one of the and greatest the, scenes. And the, the, the guy in the helicopter is like, hang on, hang on. She's like, I can't, I can't, I can't hang on. And they had already taken off, so they're dangling by the rope. And <laughs> she lets go. She lets go. Go and, and she hits the bar on the way, and down. they showed it from like three different angles <laughs> of this dummy like thing, this dummy body hitting That's the, the best. It, that was that was worth it for me. It really is. Yeah. I like, don't even remember if anything happened after that. She hit the bar twice. I just remember yeah. that. And they had they added her screaming on the way down. Yeah, which is great. But they didn't do the. <laughs> <laughs> so she's just screaming like consistently, uh-huh. which I thought was it was funny. It was a great ending. Yeah, he gets away, of course, but yeah, because so he's because th- he's a man, of course. I mean, all women are crazy, and oh they can't God. keep their and they fucking can't emotions. hold a rope because yeah. they're not strong enough. She was panicking. That's what you stupid. get. Stupid. They could have pulled her up. It was stupid. Yeah. If they were dishes, she would have gotten up really easy. You know, like. <laughs> See me not laughing. <laughs> We're clearly kidding, guys. Are like, we? yeah, yeah. Like she yes, knows I'm fucking kidding. It's just like 
But this movie is, you know, it's like during a time when men are pretty, you know. Yeah, oh my God. Sexist. Uh. Right. <laughs> Very. So, <laughs> anyway, we do have another movie that we're going to talk about, and that would be... Evil Dead from 2013. All right. Christina did the work on this. And uh, five friends head to a remote cabin where the discovery of a book of the dead leads them to unwittingly summon up demons living in the nearby woods. Weird synopsis. Anyway, tagline, the most terrifying film you will ever experience. Remember that on all the posters? Um, Also, uh, there's a tagline, fear what you will become. Mm. Okay, I don't get it. Directed by Fede Alvarez. He did Don't Breathe. Uh, girl in the spider's web. Uh, he was also a writer on the 2022 Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Remember the one on Netflix? Yes, 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 yes. Of course, this is based on the characters and produced by Sam Raimi. You know, he did Spider-Man and Darkman, Army of Darkness, and the original Evil Dead. Mm-hmm. A screenplay by Roto... Sagis. He also wrote uh, Don't Breathe, Don't Breathe 2, and Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2022. Mm-hmm. And this movie stars Jane Le- Levy, Jane Levy, who plays Maya. Uh, she is the main character in Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist. Uh, she was on the Shameless TV series and Castle Rock. Okay. She was also in Don't Breathe. All right. See a theme here, Don't Breathe? Yeah. <laughs> uh, we also have Shiloh Fernandez. He plays David. Yeah. Uh, he was in to- Torn Hearts uh, from this year. You reviewed that movie. He was also in the Euphoria t- TV series, and he was also in Red Riding Hood from 2011. He reminds me of, like, one of the ter- typical, like, fucking um, scream-like cast members, you know what I mean, that you would put in a movie. Like, right. You know, talk- you know what I'm talking about? Like, the- I Know What You Did Last Summer and yeah. Urban Legend. And- uh, we also have Jessica Lucas, who plays Olivia. Uh, she was the in nurse. Yeah, she was in Cloverfield. I remember her. Yep. Uh, she was also in The Covenant from 2006, and she was also a regular in the Gotham series. And the she's currently in The Residents, The Resident, the series on Fox. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have Lou Taylor Pucci, Pucci, who plays Eric. He was in American Horror Story 1984. And he uh. was also in Ava's Possessions from 2015. Gotcha, okay. I think he was a counselor. I in like the, him in this. Yeah, I, did, I liked him too. Uh, we also have Elizabeth Blackmore, who plays Natalie. The girlfriend of the brother. Right, she was on the third season of Vampire Diaries, and she was also in Supernatural. Mm, okay. Every, that show that everyone likes, but we're not a big fan of. Anyway, the budget for this film was $17 million, and it grossed $54 million. That's pretty good. Not bad. Alex, is this the second time you've seen this movie? Oh, no. I've seen this probably like seven times. Oh. Since it's come out, at least. Dang. Every time I watch Evil Dead, I watch it. Mm -hmm. So that's saying something. Um, When I first saw this, though, I will say, I'll just give you guys kind of an idea. If you've listened to the old episode of this uh, particular movie, then you might know already. But I was not a fan of it. And uh, I thought that. While it was very dark and fucked up, I felt like the genius about Evil Dead was that Sam Raimi had made the evil kind of feel like it was everywhere. And that is no easy task. Mm -hmm. 
like he did that through a lot of different means. He did that through sound design. He did that through camera work and he did it through the story writing that they did. And as some of the acting, obviously, I felt like this movie was missing a lot of that. Like the there was this evil in the woods. You really don't see that that much in this in this movie. Mm -hmm. There is some moments where the camera does it like when one person goes out or, you know, or something traveling Uh. through the woods and stuff like that. But it doesn't feel like this overall presence this omnipresence that the evil dead one, two and even even Army of Darkness carry, you know, because they get this like. Uh huh. Stuff like moving through the woods, the wind blowing, and just like a silent section. It's just really genius kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. I saw this and I was like, okay, I enjoyed it, but I feel like they've localized all of the demonic shit into bodies mm-hmm. rather than it being out in the open. So when the climactic ending happened in this movie, I was a little miffed by it because it didn't make sense that there is evil lurking anywhere when they're treating this demonic thing like a virus Mm -hmm. because every time you got bit, which is part of the evil dead one and two sort of lore, you know, the girl gets stabbed in the fucking ankle. She gets turned. The guy gets thrown against the wall on the bookshelf. He gets turned or the picture on the wall, I guess Mm -hmm. the, the blonde hair guy in part two, uh, you know, things Scotty gets fucking attacked and all this other stuff. It it definitely makes sense, but I just didn't like that aspect. However, over the years, I've always felt like the movie's really graphically amazing. Mm -hmm. Like, there's some really good gore in this movie, but I just wanted to be in a world where it had a little bit more crazy stuff going on. That makes sense. But, like I said, it's grown on me over the years. I still watch this. I still think it's a competent reboot, and I think it it gets better every time I watch it. Um, but you know, I still am a fan of the original ones more than this one. And I always will be, mm-hmm. it might be better than like army of darkness, you know, cause mm-hmm. that's just a silly nostalgic movie that you really only watch because you're a fan of the first two. Mm-hmm. It's not that it's a bad movie or anything. I'm just saying it's just silly. Right. I saw that in a the theater before and I didn't even know it was an evil dead movie. So I, army of darkness. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I mentioned it before, but yeah, I think, um, you know, one of the things that they wanted to do for this movie is they didn't want to have an Ash Williams character. So if you've seen the original Evil Dead 1 and 2, then you know that Ash Williams is the fucking hero. He's the sort of anti-hero, the uh, reluctant hero, the the guy who shouldn't be a hero, but somehow always is Mm -hmm. and doesn't want to be the hero, but ends up doing the right thing or at least getting by to survive Mm -hmm. somehow. Always. It's like he's cursed to deal with the evil dead. Gone is all of that. There is no main protagonist in this movie, really. Unless you want to consider Jane Levy's character, who a lot of people consider to be the Ash-like character. But they specifically wrote this movie to make sure that it was void of any main character, essentially. That it would just be this new effort, completely different, and it would be an experience in the Cabin in the Woods. I think it's that's a good thing. Yeah, no, I think it was too classic. Bruce Campbell's too classic. There's in no character. nostalgic anchor to it that way. You know what I mean? Like, exactly. Because people get really offended, offended when you try to retrace a step of something that they find endearing. Do you think they shouldn't have done Pinhead as Pinhead and just did all new Xenobites? 
I'm, I don't want to get into that now because this is a different movie. <laughs> Sorry, but help but no, I think it's fine. Okay, I think what they did with Pinhead is fine. Um, it may not suit everybody else's needs or wants or whatever, mm-hmm. but I don't think it's offensive. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And that's what they wanted to avoid. Right, is stepping on Doug Bradley's toes. Right, and so far Doug Bradley has, has been very cool yeah. about it. Um, regardless, on Evil Dead 2013 remake, yeah. did you have a question about that or? What? No. Okay. <laughs> I love the brutality in this movie. I think it's really, really fucking hands down some fucking pretty heinous, crazy looking shit. Uh, it isn't a perfect movie. There is some flaws, some obligatory stuff that I feel like is just kind of sprinkled in mm-hmm. that deals with the main character, supposedly main character, the girl that's there to to kick a habit and addiction. You know, we got a similar thing going here with the addiction mm-hmm. angle. I've always kind of felt that the addiction angle in this is she a demon or is she just acting addicted is a little far-fetched, let's be honest, you know? Yeah, but they did that on purpose. So I, the, I, I, you, know. I, you don't have to explain it to me. I've seen it seven fucking times. Oh, sorry. I think I know. Jesus. I know that they were just doing it to just be different, but it is kind of lame. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. It is. Like, it doesn't really matter why they're out there. You know, they could have been just fucking having dinner and the door popped open like they did in the first one. Would it have mattered who got fucking infected? No, it doesn't. The only thing we get out of it is a funny line where the guy, the brother, says, well, I know some slugs are going to be having a fucking party tonight (laughs) when she dumps out all of her fucking heroin in the fucking well. Right. That's about it. You know what I mean? And I thought that was funny. You know, like, (laughs) um, you could definitely see where Cabin in the Woods gets a lot of its interest from and definitely is more of a modern spin that's like like this movie. So if you've Mm -hmm. seen Cabin in the Woods and you haven't seen this, you might like this. You know, you might actually get into it because it just has that theme about it. Mm-hmm. You know, and that sort of, you know, characters, actresses, actors. It's it's a it's a modern telling of the movie. It's not as good, but it's still fun to watch. And I feel like it's just like going on a ride. Totally cool with me. I have no issues with it. I give it an eight out of ten. Yes, I did as well. We saw this in the theater. Do you remember that? Yeah, we saw it when it came out, which is funny because this movie seems so old now. Well, it's like almost 10 years. But I thought that's funny. But yeah, I really like this movie. I, I see. I liked the story about her detoxing and that they, they ha- they're having to go to the cat, their family cabin. It's a, to it's do a silly I liked excuse. It. it was different. I like it because it was it was different. Look back how much then, planning they had to make up for it in the fucking writing just to make it sound better than it was. Yeah, but it all worked out in the end. I mean, it only. It only was like that, oh, she's just trying to get out of it, like in the beginning until shit started happening and then they're like, oh, fuck, she's right, you know? (laughs) They didn't do it through the whole thing. By that time, it was, uh, yeah, way too late, yeah. Yeah, but I I liked a lot of the shots they did in the movie. Of course, they did a lot of CGI for, like, the gory stuff, but, you know, that's fine with me. I I didn't mind. I liked how... It is eye candy. Yeah. I liked how evil they when she was possessed, like well, when all of them were possessed. I like how evil they were and sure. creepy, and the voice in the unrated especially. Yeah, it was, and that's I what I should really have mentioned. Good. So I'll mention that after your piece is done. So mm-hmm. yeah, why I, thought, why I like the unrated versus the other one anyway. Yeah, I really like that. Do you like the unrated version like more? I don't know. I can't. I don't. I can't tell difference. Okay. Well, I'll explain what the differences are. Yeah, when we and get then into maybe. The spoilers, but I but... liked. I liked watching this this time. Okay. So I, that's. I could say that. Um, I like the book of the dead stuff. I. I felt like. Well, wait, no, I didn't like how obsessed he got with the book of the dead. Okay. 
you know, I don't know why that kind of bothered me. It, I don't think they portrayed it correctly. I don't know. I didn't like that because it reminded me a lot of Cabin in the Woods. Cabin in the Woods came out a year before this. Right. That's what I mean. Yeah. And also Cabin in the Woods, they made like 10 years before that. You know, they made that. It was shelved for a long well, time. Well, the archetypes are all there. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. And I mean, really, there was really a lot of parts in the beginning when they were finding the book and you know the the cellar door opens and it reminded me more of cabin in the woods than it did evil dead yeah well it might have just been it's might have just because of the time period because there's such a gap well in this one they don't really they don't really explain anything like there's an entire backstory that these kids have no idea what it's about yeah exactly and they do explain it in the movie in the beginning, though. For the, the viewer, yeah, but yeah. Not, not for them. Not for the which kids. Which is interesting. It's weird. Yeah. Um, and then I, I read, like, some people say that it's, like, way overdone. Because mm. it's so gory and stuff that it's overdone. Um, but in the end, I think it was, it was really creative. And overall, as a woman, like, I enjoyed this. I enjoyed her character. Okay. And, and well, the brother coming and helping and then... And then her, you know, having to go through it. I almost spoiled, but I didn't. Yeah. Eight out of ten. Okay. So now, just for me, just to explain, like, I got, we got the 4K. I bought the 4K with a, a little extra money that we had, um, like, a few months back. And, mm-hmm. uh, or pre-ordered it from uh, Screen Factory with the Army of Darkness as well. Mm-hmm. Because now I have all of them on 4K and I'm excited about it. Which, if you saw my, my haul video, you'll see all the stuff that I got. But, yeah. The unrated I had actually seen years ago. I think it was like when we were on the podcast and we did it last time. And I figured out there are some things we'll talk about in the spoiler section just in case there are some still lingering around that have not seen this movie. I don't want to ruin it for them. Mm -hmm. I understand it's an older movie. Chances of people seeing it are probably pretty high considering I see so many kids considering that I see so many kids online say this is better than the originals and I go to their houses and find out where they live. And I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, no, but they do say that they like this one a lot more than the other one. And it kind of mm-hmm. makes sense because they've been bred for this type of movie more than the original ones. Anyway, they're kind of old and outdated for, you know, new kids and stuff. Right. But uh, the unrated version has a lot more that deals with the deadites. There's also an extra death in the movie. There's also some extra footage that was used in the NC-17 rating that they had to cut out of the movie when they were trying to get this approved by the ratings board. So they had to cut back on certain things in order to get the R rating for this movie. And it's still pretty fucking graphic. Yeah. And in 4K, by the way, holy shit, the gore was amazing. Yeah, it's pretty good. Like, I was like, holy crap. I don't think I've ever seen her face like that or I haven't seen this the stump like that or like there's just I was like, wow, this really looks so much better. And I would highly recommend you get the unrated version if you can, if you like this movie, because there is a lot of extra gore and even a scene that explains in a a death away and a sort of how the ending comes about that they didn't do in the theatrical. Mm -hmm. So just something to think about i know that they have the blu-ray the digital and they also have this 4k now that just comes with the unrated and the theatrical in 4k so mm-hmm. if you are interested i think it's like 30 it'll be like 30 bucks soon uh-huh. 
I got it with a poster, so I was like, fuck yeah. And it hasn't even, I don't even think it's hit the, the market yet. It might be out like oh. this week or something oh, like okay. that. okay. Well, that's good. So I get it early when you pre-order, you know what I mean? Right. That's a Scream Factory Yeah, so thing. We'll, we'll attach a link to buy it. That way you can pick it up for yourself if you want, but mm-hmm. I like the unrated a lot. There is a different ending as well, so that I'm, I'm not really fond of. I, I, I could go without that part. But everything else, I think, is a welcomed addition. I think it makes some of the Deadites a little bit more heinous and crazy and weird and sadistic. And I think it, that adds to it uh, a lot. Mm-hmm. And I think it, it, you know, it can significantly change your experience for it. Um, you know, and it's not going to go up like a point, mm-hmm. but a quarter of a point, maybe. You know what I mean? Like, right. if you like the movie, it's not going to make it worse. Let's put it that way. But the ending may make some people go, oh, I don't like that. Right. It's more it's after the credits or after the credits have rolled for a while. It's mm-hmm. like a mid stinger that mm-hmm. they put in there. Oh, okay. So, but anyway, we do have some trivia and some things on this and I didn't do go wild on it. It's pretty new. Most people right. know a lot of the stuff anyway. It felt familiar to me because we've done this movie before. So, uh, but yeah, we'll have a link down below. So if you want to pick up a copy for yourself from, uh, you know, wherever, either it's Amazon or whatever. We'll put both links down there for you. So if you can, if you want to do that, but if you don't want anything spoiled, here is your warning and we'll tell you what we're, well, you should know what we're going to be doing next week, but we'll tell you at the end anyway. Yeah. But here is your warning. So Chark, sorry. So Park Chan Wook almost directed this film. What has he done? The old boy movie and Thirst, the vampire movie that we loved. Oh, Wow. Yeah, I think he, I would have been interested to see what he could have done. Yeah, me too. I think Fede probably knocked it out of the park a little bit more, um, but it would have been interesting. There probably would have been a lot of twists in it and stuff, Mm -hmm. you know, with Park Chan. Right. Um, He's a great director, so he's really character driven, though. So I wonder what it would have been like in particular, what he would have wanted. Um, obviously Fede Alvarez gave the, um, actors in this movie a lot of leeway to kind of like do whatever the hell they wanted, obviously staying with the script, but adding in some of their own sort of flair to the movie because he is a happy accidents kind of guy where he knows that half of filmmaking is pushing it to the direction that you want, but some of the best shots are sometimes not expected. Uh huh. Like you can... Uh, Jane Levy was even saying that you can shoot a comedy and or a horror film and it doesn't just work by trying to just be funny. Right. And it doesn't work to just be scary. Like you really got to make it funny. You got to make it scary. Right. It's uh, something you got to really work at. There's a lot of moving parts to it. So he was very open to her doing a lot of change. And she was not. This is her first movie that she had done in horror so this Mm -hmm. is all new to her and she's a huge like people love her because of this movie Mm -hmm. so like you know everybody does horror once in a while because you know they want to push themselves outside their box a little bit right and they can prove to hollywood hey i can do anything Mm -hmm. but jane levy was actually buried in this there's a scene obviously where she gets buried and the brother brings her back right um she was actually buried there because Fede was like, I don't want you to grieve over her grave if she's not in there. It doesn't make sense to me. Oh. And they'd kind of gotten close over the course of filmmaking and she agreed oh. to it. They put a board over her head. Oh, okay. And then buried the dirt over top and then he would dig at her waist. Mm-hmm. So she would like stick her legs in and, and she had a blanket in there and 
air and she was fine. It's kind of weird. Yeah. I mean, he asked her if she would do it and she was like, yeah, I'll do it. She also had a lot of mud packed on her when she was like running away from the trees and stuff like that. Oh, I bet. And she was like, that was in the like frigid cold. So she's like completely wet, freezing, covered in mud in her eyes. She couldn't even see. Mm -hmm. She actually was like when she was running and and crying and stuff, uh, some of that was real. I believe it. She was actually like really crying. Mm -hmm. Uh, After it was all said and done, though, like after she did the whole movie, because like one of the biggest, most intense uh, seven day shooting situations that she had to do was the rain of blood. Mm-hmm. But after it was all said and done, she said working on a horror film have been is one of the most challenging things that she's ever done. Mm-hmm. And she was like, she really had to push herself. And apparently she did a lot extra that a lot of, you know, that you wouldn't want to say yes to, but you do because you want to make a great picture. You want to mm-hmm. make a great movie. Even Fede was worried about her in the seven day shoot for the rain and blood scene. Uh, he wanted to make sure that she like was getting the sleep that she needed because it was going to be so draining of her. And he was right. Like a hundred percent. She was like, man, I'm so glad I listened to him. He was like, I got a pill for you. If you want to take the pill and get some sleep, we're going to need you to get a hundred percent sleep here. You can't fuck around with this. And she was like, this is kind of creepy, mm-hmm. you know, but he, she did, she really did get some sleep. And she said that that last scene was like hell. Mm-hmm. You know, they had blood pouring on their face, you know, not real blood, but that would have smelled really bad. Right. On the first day of shooting, though, Bruce Campbell, because he, you know, he did it grassroots back in the day, mm-hmm. multiple times. Mm-hmm. He he was also a producer on this film. It was him and Rob Tapper and Sam Raimi and everybody. You know, they sent he sent an email to every single person and he was like, this ain't going to be easy, guys. Like, this is going to be one of the films that you're going to look back on and go, oh, my God, I did that. Right. When you go to these other films and it ain't as bad. Mm-hmm. And you're going to be, like, really proud of yourself. This is like boot camp, you know. Mm-hmm. And he was like, he told them to encourage them. You know, he said, at the end of the day, movies that are easy to shoot are harder to watch. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Which is really great words. Mm-hmm. Like, if you don't put in the effort, it's not gonna, nobody's going to want to watch it. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're not going to give your blood, sweat, and tears, you might as well just not make the movie. Mm-hmm. And so he was right. Everybody was tired. <laughs> mm-hmm. But before Bruce was even actually going to make this movie, he was very hesitant about anybody playing Ash. He didn't want to make the movie because he was afraid that the fans would get upset. Right. And he's right. Like, he really is right. Yeah, totally. Because somebody playing Ash would have upset somebody. And if you don't put an Ash in the movie, then you are okay. Mm-hmm. In fact, when he heard Fede Alvarez, which, by the way, the reason Fede Alvarez was even in the line of sight for this fucking role or this director position mm-hmm. was because he did a movie, like a short film about like robots attacking a city mm-hmm. that he did like on the weekends for fun. Mm-hmm. and Sam Raimi saw it and thought it was fantastic and, like, mm-hmm. amazing work and said, hey, want to make a picture, kid? You know, like, and was going to make a feature film of that movie. Mm-hmm. And uh, in the middle of that, they, you know, where they were looking for somebody to direct it, Fede and Bruce and Sam all had dinner or something like that, and he just kind of happened to mention that he was a fan and that, you know, he loved, you know, the movie and that he what he would want to do in it. Mm-hmm. And when oh. it, and Bruce heard what he was trying to do and not put Ash in there, mm-hmm. he was like, "That's it. You right. get you got the stuff, kid." 
And then, uh, so he was okay with it just because he was worried about the Ash like character. It's too iconic yeah, to replace Yeah, because him. there's a whole goddamn show now based on the character, you know? Yeah, exactly. And it's like, you, you they, the show you didn't even it. hardly exist with older Bruce, like, right, let alone. Exactly. Which I love the show. I'm still mad it's gone. Yeah, it's a good, it was a good show. Also, Bruce was, by the end of the, the, the filming of the movie and everything like that, he just became an instant fan of Jane Levy. Mm-hmm. He said, you know, this is her first time doing a horror movie and she fucking, he was like, he was, she wasn't just good. She was great. Mm-hmm. And she handled it like a fucking champ. Right. He was like, she earned, he's like, at the end of the day, if anybody wants to call her Ash, I'm cool with it mm-hmm. because she earned it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, because you look at the thing about how much Bruce had to go through just to be that character. Right. I mean, and just in part one and part two, like part two was like probably the most strenuous thing that he had to do other than Army of Darkness. Mm-hmm. You know, he's like really fucking right. working. Like they had that water spinning out of the walls. He was throwing himself in the air on the ground. Like it was it's some pretty heavy work. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he probably dealt with a little bit more than she did. I'm sure. Mm-hmm. But eh, she did a good job. Yeah. Which reminds me, they just shared a picture um, here, I'll show you, Christina, so you can see. It's going to be in a high rise. We already know. Oh, yeah. Evil Dead Rise. Yeah, they just showed a picture that there's going to be a lot of Gru on Evil Dead Rise. And that, you know, there's been some news coming out. And I, I'm, I'm really uh, I'm really excited to see. The BTS even was even involved in a, in a, a particular uh, Evil Dead thing where they, I guess there's a dismemberment scene in the movie. And... Um, so I'm, I'm really hoping that this one's going to be really fucking good. Mm-hmm. So are you looking forward to the new one? Yeah, I guess. Did they push it back? Um, it, I, I thought, thought it was supposed to be out this this summer. Yeah, I did. I did, too. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe they're going to hold off until next year. I guess. Get all their ducks in a row. Uh, but anyway, um, that's pretty much it, you know, for the trivia as far as uh, the old movie, the 2013 film or whatever, and the new one, pretty much. I just wanted to throw some of that in there. Mm-hmm. Um. Do you want to talk about some of our favorite scenes and stuff? Well, did you like the beginning of it when they were like explaining, um, like like what was going on, the, and the, the daughter, and the daughter was possessed, and she had killed the mom, and then the, the Daddy, I'm going to tear apart your soul. Yeah, the dad needs to kill her in order to or set her on fire. In it was order a little, it, it to... was a little heavy handed, I think, for me a, a little bit mm-hmm. because I'm always thinking to myself, like, how the fuck did they get these people that live in the woods? Right. Like, first of all, if they're con- inflicted with like some sort of evil, they would have had to gone traipsing through the woods in order to find these other people to get the help. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. How did they get the help? Or did they know? They might have already known because there was an older lady and she was going through the book, like right. telling the dad what to do. But then it's like, well, he tells he- her, he's like, you killed your mommy. She's like, where's mommy? Yeah, I know, but but how does she know what's in the book, what needs to be done? Like, where does she come from? I don't know. And I think then, it was just to give us some mystery. Some, I know, some but stuff. then it's like, but this was a, when they, all the kids show up, this was like a family cabin or the mom's cabin or something. And it's like, well, why didn't they notice the smell of the dead cats before <laughs> when they were kids? You know what I'm saying? No, I mean? this was this was this was at the cabin while they weren't there. This happened at the cabin. They were looking for a place to do this stuff. Yeah. And they went to that cabin. Because the mom because there was a picture of them and the mom on the fridge because I, I thought it was because that's where they used to go when they were kids. Maybe. I'm saying that the 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 girl in the beginning of the movie has uh-huh. nothing to do with that cabin. 
They, right. they literally went there to burn her alive. Oh, okay. As a place to go. So it was just like a villager thing. Right. Okay. And then the book just ended up there. Right. They left it there. Because, okay. Because they thought it was abandoned or whatever. But I would think that if there is some real reason why they didn't want the book around, they would have um, buried it or they something. They did. Remember, they wrapped it in plastic and barbed wire. But it just showed back it. up and in the basement. And then it just showed up when they, but that's why there was dead cats and stuff because it was like an evil for protection. For ward. From, yeah, to for people to find the book. Fun fact, you know, the lady who read from the book and was like, you need to kill her and save her soul. Yeah. She is the woman that's in Ash versus Evil Dead. Oh, really? In the, remember when he goes to his cabin and there's, he kicks her across the room. Oh, that's her? Yeah. Oh, it's funny. She's like the first Deadite we see in the whole fucking franchise, in the whole series that's of TV. Funny. Yeah, she that's has the like cool black that... hair and the red uh, sort of like redneck jacket that's on. That's cool that they did that. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought that was like, she she looks older in the movie than she does in the, in the TV made, show. they made her look older. Probably, yeah. She definitely looked good for the part, you know. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of like, uh, just like background people. And I thought the dad did a really good job when he pours the thing on her. Mm-hmm. And she's like laughing. The girl did a really good job, too, mm-hmm. of laughing at him like, oh, fuck. <laughs> fuck. Mm-hmm. Like, you fucking dumb motherfucker. I'll fucking kill you. Like, you know, like it was really cool. Uh-huh. Um, one of my favorite scenes in the movie is a little further ahead. I love the guy with the glasses, the poochie guy. Mm-hmm. What's his name in the movie? You have it in your David? Phone. It's on my phone. Eric. Oh, Eric. He's the smart guy that's reading the book and everything, and he reads the book. Mm-hmm. The smart guy that reads the book, which is dumb. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't heed his own warnings, you know what I mean? <laughs> um, that guy, I, I felt like he could have been an Ash. Mm-hmm. Because if, if you really look at it, of all the people in the fucking movie who get shit on the most, mm-hmm. he is the most tortured. Oh, yeah, he really is, even uh, towards the end there. Right, even though, you know, Jane Levy gets turned into a fucking... You know, dead-eyed, and she burns her skin off in the shower and gets her hand ripped off and gets killed and buried. That's pretty heavy shit, too, but he's, like, doesn't die and, like, gets nails in him, gets hit with the fucking crowbar. And then he starts laughing about it. Yeah, and one of the scenes in particular that I think is just so, ugh, it freaks me out, is when he goes in the bathroom to check on that nurse lady. Oh, yeah. And she's ripping her face off mm-hmm. and then he falls down because he's like, oh, and he like, he like falls on the toilet. So he's like in, in pain. Uh-huh. And so he's trying to move away and she comes up and then like takes the needle and just starts jabbing it at his face yeah. and stabs him in the face multiple times trying to hit his eyes. Mm-hmm. But his glasses are protecting him and you see them crack as <gasps> she's hitting it. Oh, and the needle like goes through the right. bottom after, of the eye. After he pushes Ooh. her off and hits her head on the sink and breaks the sink and then she hits her head on the toilet or something, she fucking, he like pulls that needle out. Yeah. Oh. And I'm like, oh. oh that was that was hard. Oh, that is so fucking gross. That's gnarly, mm-hmm. man. Like, can you imagine? No. Oh, no. So, and then he smashes her head in, which, by the way, in 4K. He sma- he smashed her head in with a toilet lid. I always tell people. Yeah, and this is what they cut weapon, out. If you need a weapon, you use the top of that goddamn toilet. Maybe part of the reason that we, we saw the gore so much is because, you know, it was the uncut. Yeah, probably. And I don't remember seeing... Her head caved in like that. In. Yeah, like, yeah. I, I I, mean, it looked pretty That's gnarly. That's bullshit. That scene was in House of the Dragon. Somebody's face got bashed in. 
Okay. It's fucking crazy. Well, nothing will fucking compare to seeing Ash versus Evil Dead's dad with the car scene. Oh, I'm not yeah. going to say because that shit, I laugh for days about that fucking scene. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> it was in the second season. I think it was like the fifth episode. Second season was the best season. Yeah, that was the that best. Was, yeah. And then it was the third and then it was the first. Yeah. yeah. That's why we lost. That's why I lost out. Is because nobody yeah. went past the first season, right? And the last two episodes were really good in the first season. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. A scene. Oh, my favorite scene was when uh, Maya was trying to escape. Kind of in the beginning, she was trying to escape, and then she crashed the car in the water. Oh. And then she get she gets out of the water, and then she gets tangled up in the forest because it's there. Right. And it, um, you know. Is that where she falls in the hole? No, she doesn't fall in the hole. It wraps her up and lifts her up, and then it goes in between her legs. Like, yeah, Ash's sister in the the first movie? Yeah, exactly. Gross. (laughs) Gross. Yeah, that was always a controversial scene. Well, yeah. But that was like, you know, they did it in reverse photography, so it wasn't like... Right. That's how they they did shit back then. They showed anything, but anyway. Yeah. Yeah, that's how the evil got inside her, I guess. And then you... Yeah, exactly. And then... um, I, everyone always forgets about the the grandpa dog. The grandpa dog. That's right. Killed in the hole. And he, he goes. Pulls, on, yeah. He pulls up the fucking dead dog, and I'm like, "Fuck this movie, yeah. dude! <laughs> I hate this movie. I always forget about the You do forget about, about, about the dog. It's true. Yeah. That's because he's it's not sad. worth his life. Isn't worth anything. I don't really put a fine point and on him. And then they were thinking she killed the dog. Like oh, that would make sense. Horrible. They they also do that in Amityville, the remake. Yeah. And then the old movie. Remember when the dog dies and you're just like, who did it? It's like, you sick fuck. I'll fucking murder every single one of you in this house right now until you tell me. Who killed grandpa? And then, yeah, the the part where Olivia, you were kind of seeing when she was washing her face and then the glass shattered onto her. And Wait, which one's was, Olivia? Uh, the nurse. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. When she was in the bathroom and then the glass shatters. And then when it starts possessing her, she starts peeing her pants. <laughs> yeah, that fucking liquid, by the way, is pretty... Yeah, uh, it looked gross. Look really orangey. Yeah, kinda. that was some thick pee. She's got some orange juice dripping down orange her leg. She needs to drink some water. <laughs> I can smell the Cheerios and asparagus now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was pretty cool. I think the other really good scene is when the brother's girlfriend gets possessed Mm-hmm. She does a really good job. She transforms. She cuts her arm off, which was really kind of cool. Oh yeah, trying to get the evil from not entering. Right, into get her. it out of my hand. But it ends. It gets to her anyway, and then she busts they, out the nail gun. They show a lot more in that scene too. Um, Do they? Yeah, a lot of dialogue and stuff that I don't think was in the theatrical. Mm-hmm. And like I said, there's a lot of the deadite talk. I think that is also cut out of the movie just to to kind of tone it down a little bit because it's already mm-hmm. kind of gross. There was no nudity in this, huh? Not that I remember. There was like a butt shot in the beginning. Oh, that's right. Because the guy, because Ted Raimi tackles that girl. Right. I got her. I got her. <laughs> and it kind of made us feel like we were watching Last House on the Left remake. Yeah. Or something. <laughs> Which is really bad. Like this. I mean, I like Ugh. those movies, like the remakes that they did of, uh, mm-hmm. you know, of those two movies that we should probably do. Yeah, someday, but, someday. Yeah, they're, they're, the kills in it are fucking great. And nothing feels better than to fucking get some retribution on some pieces of shit like that. Mm-hmm. If it wasn't for those scenes, that terrible scenes in the movie, the the retribution would not feel as good. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like for the bad guys. Right. But 
Yeah, a little, a little creepy in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, the other the other scene was uh, the girlfriend of the brother was um, when she goes, she starts hitting. She hits everybody with the fucking nail gun first, which can't happen. And I always think of fucking the Buzzkill podcast when they always say you can't shoot a fucking nail gun <laughs> with a fucking safety guard on it unless you have it like. <laughs> Push down and there's no way you can do it. <laughs> it's impossible. And he's totally right. Uh-huh. But they always do it in fucking movies. They yeah. did it. They even did it in the nail gun massacre, uh-huh. you know, back in the day, which I did with uh, Larry from uh, Creature Feature podcast. Uh-huh. But um, yeah, she shoots the, the, the nails and that's all really fucked up. Like you see him pulling it out of his arm and everything like that, which is really crazy. But what really the, the intensity of her fucking hitting them with the crowbar and breaking their arms and stuff like that, where he smashes the fucking Eric's hand. He like, she like uses the crowbar and and it, she hits him between his two fingers. So like he's doing a Spock Mm -hmm. and like his whole arm rips open. Right. And then he's like, Oh my God. I was like, Oh, and then she's just wailing on, on, on him. And then Uh the brother, and then he shoots the fucking her arm. Mm hmm. And it goes flying off into <laughs> the wall. And then she starts beating. I don't know what she does. I don't know. But that that right there was some pretty heinous shit. Yeah. Obviously, the other one is where Jane Levy gets her hand rolled on mm-hmm. and she pulls her hand off. Mm-hmm. That's some fucking gnarly yeah. shit, dude. They got really close in the arm pulling parts. Oh, too. God. There's no way she would have passed out. There's mm-hmm. no way. Now, did you like the the... The lady who came out of the grounds. That's what I was going to mention. It's it doesn't make sense. Why? Who what? is the lady? And and not only who is the lady because we don't know the backstory. I'm like, it's not that girl it's that's in the beginning of the movie. No, it's something in the book because this has happened before. Okay. And one of the ways to to kill the thing is to bury him alive, right? Right. Well, first of all, let me explain that because this is part of the unrated versus not. They're supposed to kill five people. Remember? Yeah. In the theatrical cut, you never see the brother die. Right. In the unrated, you see him burn alive. Right. So you know. Yeah. No, no, that's not true because he was in the house because he. That, had to kill I know, but I'm just saying so they, they were saying that that a lot of people didn't understand where the fifth kill was. Okay. Because there's Maya. Because it was completely obvious. But I'm just saying, <laughs> like they there were there were some people that were having confl- conflictions with with how that that creature comes up out of the ground, which is another picture of the front cover mm-hmm. of the first evil dead uh-huh uh iconic you know right but my thought is is that we never really understand where this this woman who's coming up out of the ground this evil is and why she is and i feel like it's kind of lackluster in a way although i love how she dies well who is this person coming out out of the ground in the original evil dead that's just a cover that they made just to make it sell so he was trying to include this image into the movie. I guess we never really find out who that that woman is, other than that you. Well, that's see. what I was thinking. It was in the book. It's just it was so you know there was just too much going on in that book. But I'm pretty sure it was in that book. Yeah, no, that's fine. But that doesn't mean shit to me. What you need to know who she is. You need to know who her parents. Yeah, were. I mean it kind of what, is so a big can, deal. Like so they could yell at the parents, and you could see what Christina, trauma she Christina, had. Christina, they could have built a fucking story about what this fucking evil queen was. Nah, I don't think it's a big deal. I mean, what the fuck is she otherwise? She's evil. For years, I thought she was the fucking girl in the beginning of the movie. <laughs> and then I realized, oh, no, she's got really big boobs in the beginning of the movie. 
And then she's not in the in the end of the movie. So she got burned in the beginning of the movie. This one was buried. They burned off her boobs. Is what you're saying? No, that's not what I'm saying. <laughs> it was the front. So <laughs> I'm just saying it's just this. It's a little disappointing there. I, I it's just a big deal. It's not. A, it's a nitpicky thing, but I'm just saying if we're gonna be critical, I'm. That's one of the things. I think you just. I think we just missed something. Is all. Like it's cool that it rains blood. We don't know why it does that either, but I guess it said it in the book. It said it in the oh, book. Okay, so maybe we should go Jesus read the book. Christ, maybe you should read a fucking book. Go grab that book of the dead, the Necromonicon, whatever the fuck's called. See again. Uh, one of the things about the movie that I did not like is that. There is this sort of air of evil in the air, and it didn't make sense by the time that woman comes out of the ground. It just seems obligatory. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying I didn't like her. I didn't. I hated the movie because of that. I didn't dislike the movie because it didn't matter to me. I'm just saying that even in the beginning of the movie, one of the coolest things about Evil Dead, the very first one, is that they find that old tape player and they play the fucking thing in the very beginning. And it sets the tone for the whole fucking movie. Literally sets the tone for everything. Because he's like, I buried my wife in the basement. You know, like, uh-huh. uh, even in the sequel, you know what I mean? But they they play the fucking tape. And it's scary and it's creepy. And it's, like, unsettling because it's like, what has happened here while I've not been here? The people that are there have no idea other than the cats and the burn pole. That's it. Isn't there an Evil Dead escape room? I don't know. Probably. I think so. That'd be fun. Maybe that would tell you what is <laughs> lurking underneath. Maybe. Probably not. <laughs> it's in the book. <laughs> you gonna read the book while we're there? <laughs> Guys, it shows a picture of a woman coming up out of the ground. Obviously, she's Beelzebub, I guess. I don't, I don't know. What is she? She's Pinhead. Oh, is she Pinhead? Maybe that's okay. the original Pinhead. Makes sense. Yeah. Totally. Transcending dimensions. Gotcha. To the, yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. Totally makes sense. I know I should be a writer. Right. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, <coughs> the end scene of the movie that we got to see after she fucking walks off with her fucking, her weird fleshy fucking like 27 fucking strings of flesh finger head is like ripped off and she's like walking down the street. It's daytime. She falls on the ground and some fucking guy pulls up. Uh, some redneck guy pulls up and picks her up off the ground and puts her in the back and she opens her eyes. Mm-hmm. He's like, we're going to get you some help. And then she's like, you just see her, the camera fo- focused on her eyes. And then it's like, and it's just, she opens her eyes and she's not evil. And it's like, oh, okay. She's going to go get help. I guess it just doesn't make sense to me. Right. It doesn't need to be in there. Right. It's okay. interesting that they put it in there, that they had that idea, but mm-hmm. eh. yeah. So there is some flaws in this movie, I think, but, you know, I think they're easy to overlook because it's a pretty, for the most part, solid ride. Mm-hmm. You know, you tend to overlook things when you're the other parts of the movie supersede everything else in the movie. Right. Exactly. Any flaws or whatever. You exactly. Know? So, but yeah, um, that's pretty much it for this week's episode. Void Tober lives. And uh, we're going to be doing next week's Voidtober, which we are going to be watching a couple of fun films that you might have heard of. Sequels, to be exact. Oh, sequels, number twos. Yeah, we decided to just pick two movies that were in two franchises that were, you know, within the sequels. Yeah, because last year we did sixes. Did we? Yeah, we did Halloween 6 and Friday the 13th. I forgot about that. 666, yeah. Yeah. 
So we're going to be doing the Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. Phantasm 2? Yep, from 1988. Yep. So it's 86 from Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, which is getting a 4K release, by the way. I think by Vinegar Syndrome or somebody. Uh, even even uh, Unearthed Films is starting to do 4Ks and stuff now mm-hmm. from like stuff that's not exploitative, even mm-hmm. just underground films. Mm-hmm. Everybody's like chipping in to make keep the 4K market alive, I guess. That's a good thing. Yeah, I mean, that's what they do for business, so it makes sense. But yeah, we got Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 coming out on 4K. I don't know if they'll ever do uh, Phantasm in 4K. Odds are they're probably going to do those individually just to try to milk it. (laughs) And then they'll do a collection afterwards, like after a few years or so, you know, Mm because that's usually how it works. Same thing with Alien. They're doing the same thing. They did the first one and nothing else. I would love to see an Aliens in 4K. Right. Um, but yeah, so the sequelitis, those are two uh, sequels that we haven't seen in a while that uh, they're kind of divisive. You know, a lot of people either like them or hate them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, as in most sequels, <laughs> but, you know, we figure we pick those two and uh, check them out for you guys. So if you guys want to watch those. So the Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, you can watch on HBO Max if you have a subscription there, or you can rent it if you want to rent it um, from Apple TV. You can also, if you have a subscription to DirecTV, it's going to be playing there somewhere, maybe on uh, VOD too. So I don't know how uh, DirecTV works because we we don't have it. Right. But if you have HBO Max, you have a subscription there, you can watch it. And Phantasm 2, you can watch. Uh, you have to rent it, of course, unless you have the Blu-rays, like the the, four, or the Blu-ray set that Christina got me, hmm. which we'll be watching from. Uh, we got the Wellgo one, not the Sphere one, but it's still a good one. Uh, it is $3.99 pretty much everywhere you want to watch it. Microsoft, Voodoo, you know, YouTube, Google Play, Amazon, Apple, all the places. Uh, you can buy it for $12.99, I think, digitally. But, yeah, so we'll be watching those next week. I think Scream Factory put out the Blu-ray as well um, for the collector's edition, which I also have because it has a lot of extras in it. So, mm-hmm. But, yeah, we'll see you guys next week for a brand-new Voidtober episode. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Let us know your thoughts about these movies in the comment section down below. We'd love to hear what you think about our thoughts about it, what you thought about Evil Dead. Do you agree with me as far as, like, the evil not being out there do you think it doesn't matter and it's not a big part to you did you like nightmare city and uh, more than we did uh, maybe you have a fonder recollection of it and uh thing that you like about it that we didn't say or mention or you know maybe some trivia that we didn't mention either we'd love to hear from you but uh, other than that we'll see you next week and as always long live the void